Man, if church isn't fun for you, you're doing church wrong. Church is supposed to be amazing. It's not supposed to be boring. It's not supposed to be ritualistic. It's not supposed to be, oh, here we go. Let's do our duty. Let's go hear about Bible. No, it should be, man, let's go, let's go have some time with the Lord. Let's go spend some time with Him. Let's get closer. Let's hear some stuff that draws me closer to Him. And let's, hopefully at the end of that, it's like, man, I want to do some stuff with what I got too, right? I want to, I want to take that and go back to where I came from and change it. I want to change my situation. Amen? Amen. Well, um, the Lord's been talking to me about, uh, He's been talking to me about for a little while, and I, uh, I tried going away from it quite a few times leading up to tonight, and I just couldn't. It was just like, this is what He wants me to talk about. And uh, so this, the, before I say what the subject is, you know, over the last three plus years, we've been uh, starting at a kids' camp. Um, We've had a number of kids in our kids' ministry, and even even adults and youth leaders um, have experiences where they where they visit heaven, or they see heaven. They have visions. Different different types of things happen. Um, I, I can say I've, I've had very limited of that, which I find unfortunate because I'm like, come on, man, like I wanna. But I, I have the the only kind of experience that I have there was completely underwater the whole time. So I didn't get to see a whole lot other than being underwater, which which was the better than anything on earth I've ever experienced. So so I'm totally cool with that. But uh, but heaven, I believe, uh, is a subject that a lot of people have a hard time with. I remember probably more than five years ago, I had very little understanding or knowledge of heaven at all. And if you were to ask me what heaven was like, I would try to do my best to describe Maybe what you've seen in, in movies or you you know probably a few Bible verses about golden streets and, and about different things that take place in heaven. But there is so much that, uh, that really, it's kind of like I was saying how you can't really describe how good God is. You really can't describe heaven in words. It, it would be like, it would be like trying to, and I'm, I'm going to endeavor to do some of it because I've I've heard quite a bit, but it's almost like trying to tell an unborn infant what the outside world is like before they are birthed, and trying to say, well, you know, this is what the air feels like, this is what the wind feels like, this is what uh, this is what the sun looks like, this is what colors look like, and you're trying to describe something that this this being has no reference point for. There's no reference point that they can base that off of. And I find it interesting that, that Jesus, if you look through Scripture, Jesus talked about heaven more than anybody. He had, it, was, it was shocking how many, how many times, if you go look up the word heaven like in a concordance, you'll see how many times they're mentioned in the Gospels through Jesus. He talked about heaven all the time. Here he, here he is, the Son of God shows up, and he just keeps making references over and over and over to this place called heaven. And it was, you know, in the Old Testament, there's quite a bit revealed about heaven as well. 
But here comes Jesus, and this is what he, he, uh, he preaches on. If you remember when he sent the 12 disciples out, and he, he got them all ready to go, and he's, he's like, go cast out demons, heal the sick. And he said, preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was really the only sentence he told them to preach as far as we have recorded. Preach this, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's close, it's near, it's coming, it's, it's right here. And, uh, and, and Jesus, over and over, he even, he even would redirect things to, to get people's perspectives off of what they can see, what they know, what earthly understanding they might have, and he would keep bringing them back to think about heaven. I think You guys remember when he sent the 72 out, and uh, they came back, and they said, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And they began like, you know, they were, it says that they were filled with joy, and, uh, and, and Jesus, you know, starts talking, and he, and, he, and he says this. He says, don't rejoice about that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Stop, d- get your mind off of things here. Get your mind off of, stop rejoicing about just things that are happening here. Start rejoicing about heaven. And he just kept repositioning that over and over and over. And it's interesting when... Um, these events started happening where kids by the drove started having these encounters in heaven. We weren't, we weren't talking about heaven. We weren't saying, hey, you can go experience heaven. We weren't saying, we weren't, dis- we weren't teaching on the subject whatsoever. It was just the power of God would show up in our services and kids would just, they, they'd, some, some would just go and lay down. Someone would have lays, hands laid on them. They'd fall down and then they'd be there for like 30 minutes. Just, like they're out, and when they get up, they're talking about heaven, they're talking about Jesus, they're talking about meeting loved ones that have passed, all sorts of different experiences, none of them really conflicting whatsoever, and, and they're, they're, it, it, was, it would be like, how could you get that many kids to you know, all collaborate on, on one lie, right? It's just not, good luck, it's like herding cats. You know, let's all let's all talk about heaven when you guys get up. No, this is just something that took place, and and you know they ha- it happens quite often at our kids camps. It also happens in our Sunday services uh, as well, and in our Wednesday night services also. And it just it seems to be. It, I wouldn't say it's every week. It's def- it's definitely probably not even every month, but a handful time times a year, we see these kids just go have an experience and encounter with God. And, uh, and not this Sunday, but the Sunday before that I was in there. And we, and, and I, at first, when this started happening, I didn't know what to think. I was like, what is going on? I've never, I've never heard of this happening before. I've never heard of any moves where, I don't, I don't even see it in the Bible where people are, I mean, one service we had two-thirds of the kids have experiences in heaven. And it's like, I don't and I'm not doing that. Like, it's it's. If it was me, I'd make it happen to everybody every time, right? This is this is the Lord. He's doing this. And at first, I was hesitant to talk about it, and I was hesitant to to share because I'm like, I don't, I don't. Is this is this scriptural or even like what's really happening? And uh, and then I was I was like, well, I don't want to, you know, talk about it too much because I'm worried about getting into maybe pride or thinking somehow it's me, but. 
I, I really feel that if, if it's something that I hold back, I'm not reverencing it the way I should. I'm not honoring what God's doing because it's Him. If, if I'm not talking about it, if I'm not saying what the Lord's doing, I really think it's kind of like, well, God, I know you're doing this, but let's not, let's not make that public. Let's not talk about that. And I believe that the Lord wants this to be shared. He wants people to know what he's doing. And, and I don't believe by any means that it's, that it's just related to our kids' ministry. I believe that this is something that's, if it's not, I've heard of other things happening all, all across the United States. We've had movies come out about heaven is for real. This seems to be something that's becoming more of a thing where kids are experiencing, uh, experiencing times in heaven. And, uh, and then also, not just kids, some, some young adults, Pastor Bill's daughter, uh, where is Kendall in here? I don't know if she's in here. There's, there's Kendall. She had an incredible testimony when she was at, at, at a kid's camp and, and was out for, I don't know how many hours, like, like on the floor, but speaking in tongues the entire time. Like, I don't even know what was going on there, but she, she, has, a, she has a really cool testimony. If you ever see her, ask her, because she... Really love sharing it. <laughs> but the, the Lord appeared to her, and, and she saw some things. And, and, and heaven is such a it's, it's, it's a, it's a place that we know in our hearts as believers exists. We know that there's a desire in us for more, for more than what we see here for more, we know this isn't just the end. The fact that there's a desire in us for more shows us that there probably is. I mean, why would we have the desire of that if it wasn't so? How could we even? What, how how could that even be something that 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 would dwell in us if there wasn't a heaven? And and Jesus over and over pointed to. Let's get our mind shifted. On heaven, let's start thinking things from an eternal perspective rather than a very limited time frame. Turn with me if you got your Bibles to Colossians, book of Colossians. It's kind of towards the back after Philippians. Colossians three, Colossians three one says, "If then you were raised with Christ." Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. There's not many two directives in Scripture that tell us to seek something. We're not supposed to seek a lot of things. We know we're supposed to seek the Lord. We know we're supposed to seek His righteousness, seek the kingdom. There's a few things that the Lord instructs us to seek. But look at this. Seek those things which are above. Now, in a way, he's basically saying, seek those things that are in heaven. Seek those things which are above. That would start 100% with Jesus. I mean, if you, if you were to talk about what's the, what's the coolest thing about heaven, and you were to ask even kids, like, what's the best thing about heaven? It's Jesus. It doesn't get any better than him. He, he makes heaven heaven. Without Jesus in heaven, without God being in heaven, it's not heaven anymore. And so his presence there is, is really what our hearts long for. 
But it, it is, it is exact, it, heaven is a place where exactly what God wants done is done. Everything that he has planned, everything that he has, has thought of, that he has designed for us, is in this place called heaven. And you might be thinking, well, what are we supposed to do? Just have our heads in the clouds all the time? Well, let me get to that, because I don't believe that's what really what Paul's talking about. I don't think that's where Jesus lived, where he was just always somewhere else. But there is a mindset that thinks heaven and then kind of despises things that are natural. And that's what Paul's talking about here. Uh, Verse 2 says, Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. So, what are we to set our minds on? What are we supposed to be pondering? What are we supposed to be thinking on? Where is our mind supposed to be? If it's, if it's natural, if it's everything that's in the physical realm, we totally shut off the things of God. We totally shut off supernatural, heavenly intersection of the earth. Heaven wants to, and it's the plan of God for heaven to collide with earth in your daily life. It's what God's designed for you and for me. That heaven wouldn't just be someday. It's someday I'm going to be there. I'm going to enjoy it in the sweet by. I just can't wait till I till I leave this place. Heaven was supposed to be not just future, but also a present tense. Something that we say, heaven now, heaven come. Remember Jesus's prayer on earth. As it is in heaven. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So anytime we're saying anything not like heaven, that's maybe the opposite of heaven, we know that that's not the will of God, A. And B, that we should do something about it. That it's, that it's our job then to pray. It's our job to speak. It's our job to enforce the will of God on the earth. And that was the plan from the beginning. I mean, when, when God told Adam to go and subdue the earth, uh, really what he was saying was, you're, you're to take this kingdom that you have here and, and expand it and grow it. And that's been the plan from day one. And that's what we're to do. We're ambassadors of Christ, which means we're not from here. We're not from this earth. This is not our origin. This is not our home. We're, uh, we're in the earth, but we're not of the earth. We're not from it. We're from heaven. That's where our origin is. That's where our DNA comes from. You did a, you did a spiritual DNA test on us? Born in heaven. Where were they born? Where, look back, see where, they're, where their ancestry is from. That points to heaven every time. Our spiritual DNA is heaven itself. We're made, our spirits are made of the matter of heaven, of the substance of heaven. That's who we are. We're heavenly beings. Heavenly hosts is one of the things that the scriptures describe us as. And so this is not something that is just supposed to be someday. It's not something that's supposed to be, well, we'll, we'll get there eventually and we'll see what it's like. I believe that the Lord wants us to not only enforce heaven here, but also to taste of heaven, to taste of the things of heaven. Now, I'm not saying 
that he's called everyone to go to heaven like these kids are going to heaven. I, I wish that was the case. I don't have a scripture on that, but, but we, we see Paul having experiences like that, right? Where he talked about being, whether he's like, I don't know if I was in the body or out of the body. He talked about those types of experiences that he had. And uh, what we should do is get, is endeavor to seek things above. If we're not seeking things above, I really don't think you're going to have an accidental uh, encounter of heaven. I really don't think it's going to happen by accident. Sometimes, maybe in a very rare case, it does. But that is way the exception and not the rule. The rule is, I'm going to seek things above. And Jesus said, if you seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door will be opened. And... I mean, if I was to take a poll and raise hands of who in here has a desire to see that, who has a desire to to have a have a glimpse of some realities that are beyond our world, it would probably be overwhelmingly I have a desire for that. And the the truth is that in every single one of us, we have that for a reason. It's not to be ignored. It's not to be buried. It's not to be put under a bushel. It's to lead us and to say, okay, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to seek things above. Turn with me a couple of pages back. Philippians. Should just be a few pages to the left. We'll start in ver, uh, chapter 3, in verse 18. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Think about, think about someone who's an enemy of the cross. One of the, ma- the main descriptors of them is they set their mind on earthly things. Their shame, their glory is their shame. What they're trying to, they're wanting earthly glory and the earthly glory that comes from the praises of men, that comes from, from different sources that are natural, Paul's saying it's a shame to them. It's, it's shameful. If you saw it from heaven perspective, that's a shame. You guys remember when uh, Jesus was talking about um, those who uh, would go out, the Pharisees would go out and pray on the street corner. And, uh, and they would start you know, shouting, God, thank you that you've made me better than this person and made me better than this person. And, and, and they would start... All that they were praying for was for the recognition of men. They weren't trying to pray to be recognized by God. That wasn't their intent whatsoever. Their, their motives were not, I want to please God with this prayer. It was, I want everyone's eyes on me. And Jesus said that they, that they have got their reward right then. They got their reward. It was glory that was from men, from natural things. But they've given up a reward from in heaven, they've given up true glory by having that perspective. And, and so you see over and over and over, Jesus is pointing to 
Don't look at what it looks like in the natural. Don't look at what it's like on the earth. Even, even his disciples would get caught up in it, and they would argue about who's going to be the greatest. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus wheels over, or brings over this little boy, sits him on his lap. He's like, this guy right here is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. This little, if you don't become like this little kid, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And he kept pointing towards things that are not in a natural sense how we would perceive, how we would think they would be, but he kept pointing to things in heaven are kind of flipped upside down compared to the way they are here. And if we're not aware of that, we will value what's great here. We will value glory from men. We will value all these things that are just, they're, they're a counterfeit of the true glory. This selling ourselves short of what we're really meant for. We're selling ourselves short of, of well done, thy good and faithful servant. When you were in your prayer closet, I heard you. And now I'm going to reward you openly. That's, that's, the, that's what Jesus said would happen when we value heaven, value things that are from an eternal perspective and not from just a natural side. It's like even in kids' ministry, I, have to, I feel like I preach this kind of message all the time to, to my staff because we're, it's going to be, I mean, we could be talking and ministering to the next Billy Graham. We could be talking to the next Pastor Mark. It's, it's totally possible. But are we going to know that now? We have no idea. We have no clue. And we won't know for 30 years. So the fruit that we're going to see is likely long term. It's some way down the road. And I, and I believe that if we don't have the perspective of we are doing this with an eternal mindset, with a heavenly mindset, that we're not doing this to help parents out. We're not doing this uh, even necessarily for the, our number one reason isn't for the kids. Our number one reason is we're doing this to the Lord. This is, this is something we do to him. He takes it personally. He, he goes on to say, if you receive one of these little ones in my name, you've received me. And if you talk, remember when he's talking about separating the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25, and he says, you know, you, you guys came and visited me in prison. You guys fed me. You, you clothed me. He's like, and they're saying, well, when would we do that to you, Lord? He said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. And so we do that with that perspective. And, and if we have, if we're just looking at it natural, yep. We're kind of behind the scenes. We're thinking about, you know, man, I can't wait to get out of here so that I don't have to deal with all these kids, so that I don't have to put up with another, you know, two kids trying to hurt each other. And all the, all the lovely issues that come up in kids' ministry. But for us, it's a perspective of, and, and, and we constantly redirect, what is heaven thinking of this? And Jesus, over and over and over, points to when you do things to the least of these, you do it to me. You, you're doing this to me. So for us, um, as believers, the things that, I mean, it's also talked about 
the cloud of witnesses. Who's heard of the cloud of witnesses in Scripture? You might, might, not, might be new to you. But there's a cloud of witnesses, and in that cloud of witnesses, um, I, I picture not just like people sitting in a cloud, but what I picture is a great multitude of people to where it almost looks like there's a giant cloud of people there, right? And uh, their job is to witness. That's all they do. They witness. They look. They see. They are watching. And sometimes I think we, re- we fail to recognize things we're doing are being seen. They're being written, written of. They're being recorded. Now that's not to, that's not to sit there and make you, uh-oh, is there, there going to be a video of something I did wrong? Listen, I believe that when you, when you truly repent, receive forgiveness of something, I believe that gets blotted out. I believe that that's just what I see in Scripture. Things get blotted out of the record. But I believe that we should be mindful of that. We should be mindful. When, you're, when you think you're all alone, you're not alone. That's just, a, that's just not having a heavenly perspective. That's just having your mind on things below and not above. You're just not alone. But I feel so lonely. It doesn't really matter what you feel. Feelings are deceiving. Feelings will lead you astray. Feelings don't, can't, can't perceive the spiritual realm. It can't perceive heaven. Having a heavenly mindset, having your thoughts set on things above, It'll keep you where you're supposed to be. It'll, it'll keep an open line of communication between you and the Lord. You know, so many times I, I hear people talking about praying and their prayer life. And there's, there is, without a doubt, to be a time of devotion where you and the Lord are just one-on-one, so to speak, in your closet, as Jesus put it. But there's also a time when you're driving down the road, when you're talking to, to your friend, when you're doing your job, when you're uh, doing me- sometimes menial tasks like shopping, where you have open dialogue with the Lord. How does that happen? Well, it happens if you set your mind on things above. If, you have a, if, you're, if your mind is stayed on the Lord, it becomes easy to talk to Him throughout the day. He'll begin to... I mean, the scripture says that if you acknowledge him in all your ways, he'll direct your path, right? How do you acknowledge him? Well, your mind has to be stayed there. All your ways doesn't mean just the big decisions. It means all. And so if that's the case, how, you can't do that thinking about him once in the morning for 30 minutes, for 15 an hour. You can't do that. Your mind has to be stay, your your mind um, stays on something. All of our minds are always stayed on something. Like you, you're never just going an hour without thinking. <laughs> and and no matter how hard you want God to control your thoughts, He can't. I I tell the I say this to kids sometimes. I say. I said, did you know God gave you superpowers? He gave you the ability of mind control. (laughs) But it only works on you. (laughs) He gave you the ability to control your thoughts. You're not subject to just whatever the devil wants to throw in your mind. 
You're not, you're not subject to just whatever people want to throw in your, on, and say to you and think. You, you have total authority, control, power over what you think on. Thoughts, thought, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what if your thoughts are wrong? Well, then the, the product of that is there's going to be some wrong things in you. There's going to be some wrong things about you. Well, God didn't create me like that. I know, but he, he doesn't have control over your mind. You do. What you think on is your choice. You have the ability. The Bible says that we're to take thoughts captive. Take every thought captive. When thought comes in, I'm going to grasp it. I'm going to hold it. I'm going to analyze it. What is this saying? Is it good? Is it right? Does it line up with what God has said? Is it, is it true to this? Is it, if, it's, if, it, if it is neither, if it's unverifiable by this, I go to the Spirit. You know, because sometimes if an opportunity comes by, maybe I don't have a thus saith the Lord in Scripture, but I, do, I can get thus saith the Lord in me because I have the Spirit of God in me. And so we're going to analyze thoughts and we're going to say, is this the right thought? Is this something I should be thinking on? Is this something that I should agree with? And then throw it away. I mean, Jesus even modeled this. He showed us that he was subject to the, to the devil planting thoughts in his mind, was he not? Did not the devil, I believe that when he was tempted in the wilderness, you know, the movies show Satan coming and showing up in person. And talking to Jesus. I mean, if that's the case, that's pretty easy temptation to resist, I would think. Like, like there's the devil right there. I, I'm betting you're wrong. <laughs> I remember what happened in heaven earlier when you got kicked out. So, But, but I, believe what, I believe there were thoughts. I believe that he was throwing thoughts in our mind, in Jesus' mind, the way that thoughts get thrown into ours. And then he took it, and what did he do? Thus says the Lord, thus is written. It is written that you, shall not, uh, that you shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He just kept going and countering exactly what was being tempted to him with Scripture over and over and over again. And so when we're, when we're getting a perspective of heaven, it's hard to do that without this in us. That's right. This has to become who we are. We know that the Word of God is like a mirror. James talked about that, that the Word of God is like a mirror. That if you, if you uh, don't do what this says, if you read it, if you hear it, but you're not going to do it, you're not going to apply it, that you're like a person who looked in the mirror and walked away and immediately forgot what you look like. What's that mean? This shows you who you look like. This shows you what, you what you really are on the inside. And so this has to be who we are. We have to become, we have to become the, the word has to be uh, a part of our life to the point where um, it's going to look vastly different than everybody else. If you remember Jesus coming on the scene, he made everyone scratch their head. <laughs> he wasn't just someone that showed up and just blended in. He was starkly different than the rest of the world at the time. The religious Pharisees didn't, couldn't stand him. 
the sinners, for some reason, were oddly attracted to him. And if you, that, that's just, it's unlike anything that we've seen before because he was the word of God made flesh. And the word of God is to be, is for, in us, is to be fulfilled as well. We're, we're to walk this. We're to live this. We're to do what it says we can do. We're to be who it says we are. We're to be fully convinced of it. Not, not okay with living below it. Not okay with, with finding uh, things in our life that are wrong and are off. And being just like, eh, oh well. No, this is, this is what God has said to us about what we're to do, who we are, and who he is. Amen? So I believe that we're supposed to have a perspective of heaven that is radical. You know, we, we see what society says of heaven. You know, if you talk to sinners and you talk to them about heaven, most of them think it's boring. Most of them are more excited about hell because they're, they're just deceived. They're so deceived. If they had a glimpse of what heaven was like, they would be falling on their face saying, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. And we're to be heaven on earth. We're, we're a, we are a point of contact for people on earth that are, is a point of contact to heaven. When, the, when, he, when Jesus told the disciples to go and preach that the kingdom of heaven was near, and then included, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. That was what he was talking about, heaven being near. Like, heaven is touching earth. Heaven is invading earth. Heaven is here to have an encounter with you. And that was the message that he sent his disciples out to preach. And then not only preach it, to demonstrate this is what it looks like. This is what what is happening in heaven. It's happening here. Um, if you remember in the Old Testament, um, when God gave uh, Moses the plans for the tabernacle and everything, did you know that that was actually formed after what it looked like in heaven? Heaven was really the blueprint for what Moses was to build on earth. Pretty interesting, right? I believe... That's the case in many things, more than just his tabernacle or temple. Uh, one one kid um, that had an encounter with God just recently is actually my is actually my daughter. Because I, I always like to when they when they start talking about hey I had an encounter with heaven I always want to say what tell me about it I want to hear what it is I'm I'm first of all I'm curious I want to know what they're what they're seeing and. and and I can't say that every single kid isn't like making something up. I don't. I don't know, but you can usually tell the ones that are like something's different about you. And one was my daughter just recently. And since this took place, I've seen a radical change in her. Where I mean, my wife homeschools her, and she went from being really hard to homeschool to almost overnight, she just gets it done, doesn't have, doesn't fuss about it, and just has a completely different attitude change. And so for me, it's like, something happened to you. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> it. It wasn't hell. <laughs> something got the hell out of you. 
<laughs> but what's what's what I one thing that she said which was really interesting was she said I saw Life Church in heaven. And I and I was like, "Well, well tell me about it." And she was like she was like, "Well, it's about 3 or 4 times the size." I'm like, "Cool." And uh and she goes, "The hallways are huge." I'm like, "Oh, great, more hallways." <laughs> And then she started talking about the clubhouse, and she said the clubhouse is in a real tree. Because our clubhouse, how we designed it, is when you're inside, it's like you're looking out of, it's all painted, so it's 2D. But it's supposed to have a 3D effect where you're in a tree, and there's handrails, and you're seeing out on an African plane, and so you have like a top-down perspective. And she said, the clubhouse in heaven was in a tree, and it looked small in the tree, but when you got inside, it was massive. It was huge. And she said, behind the church, there's not a, uh, there's not a railroad tracks. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> and she was like, it's so awesome. You can go upside down, and you don't even fall out. <laughs> and she was just going on and on about, and she was so excited. Life Church is in heaven. And I think... is. I mean, it makes sense and it lines up with Scripture that on, in heaven as it is, or on earth as it is in heaven. And so you're like, well, well why, would, why would God set up a, a church in heaven? Well, I, I believe there's things that are happening there that are, are to be happening here. And if you think about the way God does things, it's cyclical. It's, it's, he's, he's not a linear type of thinker. He's a, he's a cyclical type of thinker. If you look at Old Testament and how so many things repeat in types and shadows and the feasts we see uh, being repeated and developed in, in the New Testament. And so I believe there's things that are in heaven that we're not aware of that he has a blueprint for your life. And there's a way that he set it up your life and what you're to do and the, the what you're the ways you're to to be and think and it's and it's something that we are to discover and it's something that we are to yield to and it doesn't happen if we're just thinking about everything that's natural just thinking about oh i can this is what i can see so i'm going to make my decisions based off that no if we have a mind that is stayed on him if we have a mind that is on the things above we'll begin to see those things above manifest here. That was, that's the purpose of that. That's the purpose of us thinking on things above. It's so that God can get his hands on the earth. It just doesn't happen without it. The, the Bible says that a carnal mind is enmity towards God. It resists God. It's, it's counter to the way God thinks. God thinks of things. God calls those things that are are not as though they were. If you're looking at things just by the natural, you're not thinking about how God's saying them, he, how he's perceiving those things. He, he looked at Abraham and said, father of many nations right there, and he was barren. His wife was barren. He had no kids. There's so many things over and over and over where, where we see there was one thing that it looked like God was saying the very opposite of it. And what was true was what, was what was God saying because what he was saying was true in the spirit and in heaven. 
And that's a higher authority. It's a higher reality. And when we live from that, the things of the earth don't have dominion over us. They don't have, they don't, they can't touch us. We're above those things. So we're not to have our heads in the clouds. We're to be mindful of the things above because that's the answer to the things on the earth. It's the answer to the problems of earth. Heaven is the answer. Heaven has the answers. And when our minds are there, we have the answers. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's, let's worship God. Let's, let's praise Him some more. Worship team, you want to come on up? You know, um, the one thing that I believe, uh, you, might, you might be asking what's, how do these things start as far as these, in, these kids doing this thing, these uh, encounters in heaven. It starts with a step of faith on their part. You know, there's, there's kids that are on the floor having encounters with God, having experiences where they're seeing Jesus, getting a tour of the life church in heaven. And then there's other kids that are sitting there twiddling their thumbs. And the difference, the difference is choice. They're just choosing not to. My heart breaks for them, but you can, you can lead them to, to the water, but you can't make them drink. And the same way with us, the way you have control over your mind, that you have control over your thoughts, you have the control of your choices. Faith is a choice. It's not something that, oh God, give me faith. No, he's going to speak his word. And when he speaks his word, you have the ability to receive it, believe it, or reject it. And it's a choice that we make. Every single time his word spoke, every time we hear something that he's done or said, we have a choice to receive it or not. And so I believe these kids that are having these encounters with God that are seeing heaven, that they're just making the choice, okay, here I go. And they're having these, and, and, and we do, what we do is, our, and we, what we feel our job is, is to facilitate them. How we do that is we give them an opportunity, we set the atmosphere, we give them an opportunity to release their faith. And then it just happens. It just happens over and over and over again. We've seen it happen multiple times. And this, what, I, what I'll have us do, um, maybe starting out, maybe when we start out, maybe we can just keep playing just the piano for a little bit. But let's all, let's all stand up. And I'm going to do what we did a week and a half ago when we were in the, in the clubhouse. And this, was the, this, this is all that we did. And it was, God gave me this right on the spot then, but I, I believe we're supposed to do it now. Is I, I just had everybody cover their eyes with their hands. And uh, the idea is that we have spiritual eyes. The Bible talks about our spiritual eyes. And the idea is that we're going to open them by faith. We're going to open them. Now, our, our goal isn't to just see into the Spirit. Our goal is to seek things above, as we're told in Scripture to do. But I want us to use our spiritual eyes that we all have to seek things above, to perceive Him, to look and seek inside of us, to go deeper. So what I'm, 
wanting us to do is on the count of three, what we're going to do is we're going to take our hands off of our eyes. And when you do, I want you to open your spiritual eyes to seek things above, to seek Him. But I want you to keep your physical eyes closed still. So hand goes away, spiritual eyes open. And that's our step. That's our faith. But keep your eyes closed. And just have a heart that's after God. Have a heart that wants Him, that seeks Him. And it's not satisfied for anything else. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, that you're helping us go further with you, that you're helping us see things as you say they are. Father, we seek things above according to your word, and we set our mind on them. In Jesus' name. Here we go. On the count of three, let's open our spiritual eyes. One, two, three.